jump up on your feet. And let's give an Ephesus welcome to our speaker this morning, Pastor Taurus Montgomery. Come on, jump up on your feet. And let's welcome our pastor this morning. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son who yielded his life and atonement for our sin. I'm so glad that Jesus opened the life gates that all may go in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Listen, I'm excited to be here with you this morning. I'm grateful for, again, another opportunity to come and share. This is my first time ever being in Pasco, Washington. And so far, so good. Praise God. Praise God. I want to thank uh, my friend, your pastor, uh, Pastor Terrence Taylor and his uh, wonderful wife and beautiful children and beautiful church family. Uh, anytime I get a chance to uh, share, it's always a blessing to me. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited about what God is going to do at this moment. So if you would, just bow your heads with me. And close your eyes as we talk about how to be set on fire for Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, uh, we're grateful that we have a fresh opportunity, a fresh chance, a fresh moment to be in your presence together as a body of believers. Lord, your word says, where two or three are gathered together in your name, that you would be in our midst. And so, Lord, I'm praying this morning, God, I'm claiming this promise, God, that the spirit of the living God will have his way in this place. I'm asking, oh, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight and encouraging to your people. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Click. Let me let the clicker out. I put it in my pocket. I lose my clicker at church every week. Literally every week. I won't lose yours. <laughs> amen. Amen. So, so I have a friend, guys. My friend, uh, he's with me. His name is Rayno. Uh, you can call him Ray. Uh, Rayno, where you at? Raise your hand. Where you know? Where, where? Oh, he right there. He right there. So let me tell you something about Rayno. Rayno didn't know I was going to tell this story, so he might be a little nervous right now. Uh, but Rayno is from a place called Bainbridge, Georgia. And in Bainbridge, Georgia, it is very, very hot for most of the year. Southern Georgia. Anybody ever been to Georgia? Okay, so you know it's like it's really hot down there. And I'm from Alabama myself, so it's hot in Alabama. Uh, and But Rayno moved to Michigan. He's committed one year of serving God right along with me and my, 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 with my ministry. And uh, he, he decided that he was going to dedicate a year to serving the Lord. He's not in, he graduated from high school, moved to Michigan. And Rayno, while we've been here so far in Pasco, Washington, every time we walk outside, Rayno constantly says, man, it's cold. It's cold. It's cold, man. I'm freezing. As a matter of fact, while we were in the hotel the other night, 
when I woke up the next morning, it was like 78 degrees in the hotel room. And I'm trying to figure out why in the world is it so hot in this place? And I go over and look at the thermometer, and Reno then turned the temperature up to 78 degrees inside the hotel. I'm like, what in the world, Reno? This is, he said, look, 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 Pastor Torres, man, I, I, I'm cold, man. Where I'm from is cold. And he had the nerve to come to stay in Michigan for a year. Now, he has not been there during the wintertime. And so I'm telling him right now, I said, look, if this is cold to you, you might want to leave and go back to Georgia right about now. Because in Michigan, it gets freezing cold. Now, I'm from Alabama. When I went to the seminary and I was living in Michigan, in Berrien Springs, Michigan, for the two and a half years that I was there, I could not wait to leave. Couldn't wait to leave because of this snow. Now, watch this, guys. Watch this. There is, there is, I lost my click again. Where it is? Oh, here it is. There is in Michigan, right, it's, you, have, you have snow. Does it snow in Pasco? It's snow in Pasco. Oh, it just ain't no real snow. It's not real snow, right? It's not real. It's not real. Okay, you know it's not real, right? So, so in Michigan, in Michigan, in Michigan, man, it gets like crazy, ridiculous cold, all right? Crazy, ridiculous cold. I think I'm going to need somebody to move the slide for me because it's not working. Okay, right there. So, so I found out, man, that the coldest that has ever gotten in Michigan was below 60 degrees. 60 degrees below zero. Like, I've actually been in snow that kind of looked like this, you know, like crazy blizzard, just like terrible, terrible, like, man, that's some crazy weather. Right? Really crazy weather. That weather almost caused me to miss out on a blessing. I had to tell you that another story. You have to read the book on that one, right? So, so watch this, guys. Watch this. As I'm thinking about the weather in Michigan, I was doing some study in the scriptures, and I came across something that's even worse than cold weather. There was something that Jesus said that will occur in the last days that will be something that is far worse than cold weather. Here's what it is. Watch this. The Bible says these words in Matthew. Matthew. Go to the next slide. Can somebody just do the slides for me? Because that's going be, to be crazy. Just hit the click button. Watch this. The Bible says these words, right? The Bible says that in the last days because of, what's that word, everybody? Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many would do what? Grow cold. What, what, what is Jesus saying? You got to understand something. This scripture is located in Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus is talking about the events that would take place just before he comes again. He's given a description of the last days. And Jesus says that because of lawlessness in the land, that the love of many, the love of people will grow cold. And we see it. If you just pay attention to the news, you will see are uh, uh, cold-hearted people in the world. Let's go to the next slide. Las Vegas. That's cold-hearted. For you to take out a gun, for you to take out, you know, it, it wasn't even a gun, like this machinery, and you to just gun down all of these people, that's cold-hearted. I wish, I wish we could say that it was only Las Vegas. But when you just bag up a little bit, go to the next slide. San Bernardino, California. Let's go to the next slide. When you go inside of a church, 
people are in there praying. People are in there worshiping. People are in there reading the word of God. People are getting in there try, trying to draw closer to God. And you walk inside and you pull out a gun inside of the house of God and you kill innocent people. That's cold-hearted. Jesus described that in these last days that the love of many will grow cold because lawlessness, because people are breaking God's law in the last days. Because of that, we will see these things on the news, and if you're not careful, you will become less and less sensitive to it, so you're not even feeling sorry anymore. The love of many will grow cold. And the one that really hits my heart more than Man, all of them hurt, but when those kids were gunned down in Sandy Hook Elementary School, man, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and a three-year-old, and so when I see things happening to kids, it just does something to me in a different type of way. But I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. There is actually, hear me, guys, there is actually something worse. You've heard, you've heard of a cold-hearted killer. Go to the next slide. You've heard of cold-hearted killers. I want to tell you something that's worse than a cold-hearted killer. Watch this, guys. A cold-hearted Christian. Jesus also described that in the last days that there will be cold-hearted Christians. And how do we make this connection? Well, the Bible says in Revelation, go to Revelation with me, chapter 2 and verse 4. Jesus said this against the Ephesus church. Lord have mercy. He said this against the Ephesus church. He said, listen, nevertheless, I, 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 I see you doing a lot of great things. Like, you got good works going on. You blessing the community. Like, you involved. You engaged. I love what you are doing. Nevertheless, Jesus says, you have lost. I have this one thing against you, and that one thing is that you have lost your first love. You don't love me like you used to. It's easy to get up and go and serve and do things in the community. That keeps you busy. That makes you feel real good about yourself. But you're doing it out of, out of, out of, out of, out of a desire uh, to just be working rather than passion for me. You lost your first love. Let me tell you something. You have to be very careful as a Christian living in these last days because things are crazy and you see things happening on the news over and over and over and over and over again and, and negative news after negative news, terrible news after terrible news, bad news after bad news. And what happens is, again, like I said earlier, you can become desensitized to it to the point now where your love has grown cold as well. Can I just be flat out, just 100, real honest with you? So, so, for example, right, for example, when I turn on the news and I keep on seeing unarmed black man killed by cop over and over and over again, right? And then, and then I see, okay, well, we're not even going to take it to trial, so another person walks off. And then I see, okay, and then I see on the news, I see on the news where, where, where a black guy says, I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot some police officers. I, I don't care if they're innocent. I'm just going to shoot them, and they end up getting killed. And hear me, guys. Hear me very careful. I'm just being honest with you. There was something within my spirit that said yes. That, hear me. There was, something, there was something within me that was like in agreement with that foolishness. And the Spirit of God had to check me like, yes? Are you not my child? 
Evil is evil. Wrong is wrong. One wrong does not justify another wrong. What I came in contact with, what I understood, was that what Jesus was saying was not just people about, about people in the world, but that word is for folks in the church. The love, because of lawlessness, the love of even the, 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 the faithful children of God can grow cold. So you have to be careful. You have to be careful. And the way that you, the way that you, the way that you be careful, watch this, guys, watch this. The way that you be careful, go to the next slide. Oh, 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 oh. I, I, look, I, I came across this quote one time that, that, that just like, man, Lord, help me. Let me just read it for you. Uh, there are many who profess, many who do what everybody? Profess. In other words, they say it with their mouth. They like talk about it. Who profess to be Christians will become excited over some worldly enterprise. Like business idea that you got, you just can't shut up. I'm talking about you, every time every somebody come around, you just pitching your business idea to them. Right? New relationship. Somebody that you feeling. You, they ain't feeling you, but you feeling them. You can't shut up about it. You excited about it. Right? Watch this. Their interest is awakened for new and exciting amusements. New theme park opening up, man, I got to go. That's, ooh, the ride's going to be amazing. New movie coming out. Just excited, can't shut up about it. But watch this, watch this. While they are cold-hearted and appear as if frozen in the cause of God. See, here, 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 here is a way to tell whether or not your relationship with God, whether you are on fire for God, whether your relationship with God is in a real good, strong place. Do you have, the pastor was talking about it, do you have the same level of interest and excitement and enthusiasm about the things of God as you do about your own stuff? I'm talking about we in church where, and, and, and the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. So there ought to be some type of, 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 of excitement, some type of, 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 of jubilation, some type of thrill when you start talking about God and how good he is, how amazing he is, how loving he is, how kind he is, how gracious he is, how merciful he is. There ought to be something stirring up on the inside like, wow, God, you are amazing to me. I like what the pastor called a, a, a 12th man praise. Come on, say amen. A 12th man prayer. I know they get crazy in Seattle. Right? Over a football game. When, when the people of God, I'm talking about he died for your sins, he forgive you for the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And we're not talking about just something like, like, like emotionalism stuff. They're, listen to me. When you have been born again, when you have a real authentic relationship with God, there ought to be some like emotions that just come out from knowing that, man, I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. I'm not the same person that I used to be. So, so here's some good news, though. Here's some good news. Here's some good news. Watch this, guys. Go to the next slide for us. What's the next slide? Watch this. I, was, I remember one time I was, in the, I was at this camp, right? And as I was at the camp, I, it was cold. It was real cold outside. And, uh, and like it, was really, it wasn't raining no cold. It was real cold, right? It was cold outside, and uh, I had like a little light jacket. And we were inside of this, inside of like the, 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 the building, and the building had a fireplace next to it, right? Or a fireplace inside. And 
I'm there just kind of sitting on this couch, and I'm like freezing, you know what I'm saying? And this lady look at me, and she's like, why you cold? Like the fireplace is right there. You sitting on the couch, freezing over here, shivering, and the fire is right there. All you have to do is get up and go over there. And, and, and I just had this, like, this duh moment, like, duh. I'm over here freezing. The fire is right here, and all I have to do is get up and go over to the fire and, find, and get myself warm. And as, I, as, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm making my way to the fire, I get hit with this thought. Hear me, hear me. Go to the next slide. Watch this, guys. Watch this. The Bible says that our God is a consuming what? He's a consuming fire. So watch, watch this. Watch this. Hit me with the next one. Hit me with the next one. If you want to be set on fire for God, decide to get closer to God. That's it. Just get up. You, you cold over here in your relationship with God right here. You cold. You're not doing what you should be doing. You don't really like praying, but you just sometimes you do it anyway. Sometimes you don't. You don't love getting to the word of God. You don't love sharing the word of God. You don't have this passion and enthusiasm. The thrill is gone. You lost that first love. All you got to do is decide that I'm going to get up and get close to the fire, to the source of fire. And I promise you, he going to light you up. He's going to light you up. You just got to make a decision that I want to get close to the fire. Now, watch this, guys. Watch this. Go to the next slide. I, I found this text, Luke chapter 12 and verse 49. I didn't even know it was there. I'm just reading the Bible one day. I didn't know it was there. Look at what it says. Jesus, this is, we talk about Jesus coming to save the world, Jesus coming to uh, heal the brokenhearted. The Bible also says, look, Jesus said, I came to set the world on fire and how I wish it were already burning. He's not talking about hellfire. Come on, say amen. He's not talking about hell. He's talking about you and me. He's talking about taking that cold heart and, 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 and drawing it closer to himself. And, 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 and as you get closer to the fire himself, you start burning. Something kindles within. And this, watch this, watch this. This, was, this, is, this is number two. Number two, did you get this? Close, close proximity to the sun will cause your heart to do what everybody to burn. Here's an example of that. Watch this. Luke chapter 24, verse 32. The Bible says they asked each other, were not our hearts doing what? Burning within us. When? While he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. So watch this, guys. Watch this. Jesus comes close to you when you pray and when you open the Bible. That's the fireplace right there. Two things going on. They got heartburn, not because of what they ate, but because of what they were feasting on. He was talking to them and opening the scriptures. Hear what I'm telling you. Hear what I'm telling you. The fire, hear me, the fire will never kindle. The fire, the fire will never, the, the fire will always die out when you stop opening the scriptures and talking to the Father. We say it all the time to the kids, little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. Look, it's real. It's very real. 
And so you need to examine your prayer life, examine the, uh, the, your, your word life, if you will, if you're spending quality time in the word of God, because that's going to tell you whether you how to code. And God wants you, God wants you, as a matter of fact, go to the next slide. As a matter of fact, Scripture says in Romans 12, 11, the Bible says, never be lacking in what everybody, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Those two words, zeal and fervor, at the root of it, in, uh, in, in Greek, at the root of it, is, is, is the word hot. So what God is saying, listen, listen, never be, never be lacking in fire. Never, never, never be like a, a cold-hearted Christian. Like, always be fired up for God. Always be zealous for God. Always have that passion going on for God. How do you do that? How do you do that? You do that, you do that, you do that serving the Lord. And I want to give you specifics now on how you go about doing that. And it's really one thing, guys. I discovered this. It's one thing that leads to a couple of other things. I, 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 I don't have time to get into all of it. But, but man, I've been, I've been reading this book that's been changing my life. And this book, this book, God is using this book to teach me about what I'm getting ready to share with you real quick. Watch this. Watch this. Go to the next slide. How to keep that spiritual fervor. First of all, you can't set yourself on fire. Like, don't take it too literal today. Come on, say amen. Don't take it too literal today. My man, my man set himself on fire and he looked like he's paying for it. Right? So, so, so he, he, here's a spiritual lesson. Here's a spiritual lesson. No human being can set themselves on fire for God. Like you can't, you can't, you can't, you cannot do it yourself. It's being fired up for Jesus Christ is a gift from Jesus Christ. Right? How does he do it? Right? How does he do it? Here it is. Watch this. You got to be baptized daily with the Holy Spirit. That might not sound deep, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Let's the next slide. I'm going to come back to that. We're going to unpack that. Look, look, watch this. Luke, Luke 3, 16. This is John the Baptist speaking. John the Baptist said, indeed, indeed I baptize you. Indeed, and, and I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap, let's go back, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will do what, everybody? He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and so watch this. So, so, so it's the Holy Spirit who is the one who ignites the fire. And we see that taking place in the book of Acts. Watch this, Acts chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. The Bible says, then there appeared to them divided tongues. This is Pentecost. As of fire, and one set upon each, one of, each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So here's what I discovered, guys. Here's what I discovered. What I discovered is that when you, got, when you gave your life to Christ the very first time, you were filled, you were to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But you have to have that experience every single day. Like that was a, I mean, that was revolutionary to me. You probably, you, you, you deep, you Ephesus, you already know that already. Let, 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 let me tell you something, let me tell you something. You have to pray and ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit every single day. Fresh baptism every single day. Fresh anointing every single day. Fresh outpouring every single day. You got to keep on asking and keep on asking. As a matter of fact, when Jesus gives the parable after the disciples say to him, Oh, man, Jesus, uh, can you please teach us how to pray? 
he gave the disciples prayer. They call it the Lord's prayer, but it's really the disciples prayer because Jesus never had to pray for forgiveness of sins. Right? It's really the disciples prayer. So watch this. So, so Jesus says, Jesus says, right after he finished giving that prayer, he, give, he, he says this, and, and you know it. He says, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. Man, that's, uh, it, everyone who asks, receive. So now I'm praying and asking for the Holy Spirit with a higher level of confidence because he just said that everyone who asks, receive. But here's what you got to get. Here's what you got to get, guys. Within this, within this parable, ten times Jesus uses the word ask. Not only that, not only that, but, but when he used the word ask, I promise I ain't trying to be deep, right? I, ain't, I did go to the seminary. I got to use a little Greek, you know what I'm saying? I paid all that money to go to the seminary. Got to use a little Greek every now and then in my sermon, all right? So watch this, watch this. So the Bible says, the Bible says when Jesus says ask and it shall be given to you, the Greek word there is given in the present tense. See, see, if, if it was given in what they call the aorist tense, that means that it is something that would happen one time and that's it. But when he says, it, when, when he uses the error, I mean the, the present tense, what he's saying is the present tense is something that doesn't just happen in the present, but it happens over and over and over and over again. So when Jesus says, I want you to ask and you shall receive, knock and it shall be open to you, seek and you will find, he's saying, keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. Keep on asking for the Holy Spirit. Keep on seeking the Holy Spirit. Keep on finding the Holy Spirit. I promise you, when you pray this prayer of something that God has promised, every single time you're going to receive it. Every single time. Every single time. Every, so I make, listen to me, guys. I've kind of got to a point, and I was thinking about this in, 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 my, in my prayer closet one time. I'm like, man, Lord, I sound redundant. He said, look, now you're getting caught up in your feelings. You feel like it's redundant. But I told you to ask continuously. Don't you take a bath continuously? Right? Don't you brush your teeth continuously? Don't you eat breakfast continuously like every day? You eat, you eat lunch and you eat, you do it three times a day. How about you praying and asking for the Holy Spirit three times a day? I know you need the Holy Spirit, but you asking, it's for your sake that you need to be asking. Because here's what I discovered. What I discovered is that when you persevere in something, you persevering in prayer, in, in, in praying in particular, when you persevere in prayer, that's really for your sake because God already knows what you want. And what I learned is that the more I ask, the more I desire it. The more I ask for a particular thing in prayer, the more I think about that thing throughout the rest of the day, the more it's on my mind, the more I talk about it. So God says, listen, I want you to pray and I want you to ask for the Holy Spirit. And I want you to do it every single day. When I think about Daniel, right, we think we know Daniel, Daniel, Daniel prayed uh, three times a day. And I, I just think to myself, like, man, I, I used to think that Daniel prayed three times a day because that was just a good Jewish custom. That's just a good thing to do. Good religious thing to do, pray three times a day. Sound real good. But then I, I, I started thinking about that thing, like, man, maybe Daniel understood something about 
the fact that, listen, the Bible says we have this truth in earthen vessels. And, 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 and the vessels that Paul was describing, you know, the message is that we leak. Right? We leak. We have our life, our life has, has, has holes in it, if you will. And so you can have a certain measure of the Holy Spirit. And depending on how you are living your, your life and how you are living throughout the course of the day, the Bible says that you can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. And so if I'm praying for the Holy Spirit in the morning time and I'm asking God, Lord, fill me with your spirit, God. Baptize me afresh with your spirit, God. And God answers that prayer immediately, by the way. As soon as you pray something that God has already promised, as soon as you pray, it's already, boom, you got it. Because the answer is in the promise. Did you, oh, I don't know if you got that. When you, when you, when you see it, when you see an apple seed, right, the tree is in the seed. Are, are you with me? So when you pray a promise, the answer is in the promise already. So you can claim that thing. Now, when you pray that particular prayer, as you, and as you go throughout the course of the day, and you find yourself strolling on Facebook, and you see something that is uh, vile, that you shouldn't be watching, and rather than scoot on past it, you hang there a little while, you end up grieving the Holy Spirit. And when you grieve somebody, hear, hear what I'm telling you, when you grieve somebody, do they want to be around you? Now, I'm not suggesting that the Holy Spirit leaves you. What I am suggesting is that the same power that, you, that, that, that God wants to make available is now not available because you rejected that power. You grieved the power. Which is why, hear me, which is why, which is why, which is why you got to go back again and ask for another feeling of the Holy Spirit. You don't feel your call one time. And you be good for the rest of the year. I wish they made cars like that. I'd be the first one to buy. But you got to keep going back over and over and over again. Does that make sense to you? You got you to you get a fresh baptism, a fresh, a fresh anointing every single time. Let me show you what that looks like. Watch this. Let me show you what that looks like. So, so the Bible says, oh, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Oh, my goodness. Ezekiel 36, 26, 27. The Bible says, I will put my what, everybody? And cause you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my law. This right here got to be one of the best scriptures in the whole Bible. Man, let me tell you why. Here's why. Here's why. God's so good. See, God is so good. God's so good, Pastor Terrence. He's so good at He says, listen, I want you to do this. Knowing you can't even do it. What do you mean, God, that you want me to stop having sex until I get married? What you mean, God, that you want me to turn, return 10% of all my income and give an offer? What you mean by that? What you mean, God, that you want me to put all of my trust in you and depend totally upon you when I've been used to depending on myself? What you mean by that? I want you to do it. And watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm not just telling you to do it, but I'm going to put my spirit inside of you and do it for you, through you. 
and give you credit for it. That's what I said. He says, look, I will, I, look, I will cause you. I will, ca- I will cause you to want to pray more. I will cause you to, 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 to love the word of God. I will cause you to have the courage and the boldness to go and tell somebody about the goodness of God. I will do it in you. I just need you to say yes. I just need you to say yes. Who needs to say yes to God? Who needs to say yes to something? See, 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 I, 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 believe, that, I believe that in the house of God today, we've got people who've been struggling with issues for years. And you've been trying to do it on your own, but you can't win. You get defeated over and over and over again. You're breaking your own promises to yourself. You're saying, you know what, man, I ain't do it that time, but this time, God, I promise. And you've never done it. You, you, you can't do it by yourself. And that's because, hear what I'm telling you, that's because you haven't fully understood the, the, the role of the Holy Spirit in your life where God says, listen, I will cause my spirit, I will come inside of you, and I will cause my spirit to help you do the things that I'm telling you to do. So let me, let me, let me, let me illustrate this real quick. Let me illustrate this. Go to the next slide. Go to the next slide for me. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this guy. Anybody, tell me who that is. Mario. That's my dude right there. Anybody ever play the game Mario? Yeah, we love it, right? We love, the Mar- we love Mario. Mario like the most famous a uh, video game character of all time, right? Came out like 1982, 1984. So Mario been around for a very long time. They got Mario 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, Mario Kart, Mario everything, right? Now, now, here's the thing, here's the thing. So you got my man Mario, right? So Mario right here, Mario is short, right? He's short, uh, uh, he, 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 in this state right here, I call this the fearful Mario. Because every time, watch this, every time, go to the next one. Every time, every time an enemy comes around, he run. He's trying to get somewhere. He's scared all the time. He got to run. When the enemy comes and he, and, he, and he this Mario right here, he got to jump over the enemy because if he touch him, what's going to happen? He going to die. That Mario right there, he living in fear. He operating in fear. Watch this. So every time he take off running. Now watch this, guys. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. See, see, see. You said, I asked you what his name was, and you said Mario. But what's the name of the game? Oh, come on, Pastor. The name of the game, go to the next side, is Super Mario. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. See, see, see. The reason why they call it Super Mario is because the creators of the game, they put some elements inside the game that if Mario would just tap into these things, he's no longer regular Mario. He's now Super Mario. He just wrecked. Look, look, he go from running and hiding now. Now watch this, watch this. There's this thing, one of the elements. One of the elements is this, is this, watch this, this thing is this a star. And watch this, when the star comes on the inside of Mario, the outside looks different. I wish I had a church up in here. The outside looks different. And now Mario, rather than running from his problems, he's running through his problems. This Mario right here, he got some confidence. He got some boldness about himself. He don't care no more. He got the star inside. The Bible tells me of a bright and morning star. His name is Jesus. 
And the Bible says that Jesus will dwell inside of you and it, it, he, he will give you his spirit, the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that when the Holy Spirit is, is, is living inside of you, you got a certain boldness, a certain courage. You're not running away from your problems. You're running through your problems. Here's the good news, guys. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. It's not just the, it's, it's, it's not just the star. They put some other stuff in the game. Let me give you another one. Let me give you another one. There's this thing. This, that, that is right there. That is right there. Mario, get this flower. And once that flower get inside, now Mario, ooh, we look. Mario, Mario, like, come on. He got some, he got some weapons now. He got some offense now. He been playing defense the whole time. Now it's time to play some offense. I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something. Watch this. See this thing right here? It's your offense right here. It's your offense right here. It's your offense. When the devil came at Jesus, when the devil came at Jesus telling Jesus to turn these stones into bread, Jesus didn't run and hide. He didn't go pray. He pulled out the word. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, hear what I'm telling you, when you keep on falling to the same temptation over and over and over again, it's because you don't have no firepower. You stuck on little Mario. God's saying, listen, I want you to be super. What's your name? What's your name, brother? No, you're not Kenneth. You're super Kenneth. You're super Kenneth. I declare this day that every member at Ephesus is super now. Come on, say amen. You super. God thinks that you are super. You just got to tap into the elements. Here's my last one. Watch this. Watch this. This one, I love this one. I love this one. I love He's not just, I'm telling you, he's not just little Mario no more. He's super. Hear what I'm telling you guys. Hear what I'm telling you. Hear what I'm telling you. When you go, when you go, when you go into your prayer closet, and you get up off your knees. This is how you ought to be feeling. This is what you ought to be experiencing right now. Look at it. Look at, look at, look at Mario. See, when, see, see when, when you go to God in prayer, hear me now. When you go to God in prayer and you start off by praising God, not by asking for stuff. When you go to God in prayer and you start off by our Father, which art in heaven. He didn't start off by saying, give us this day our daily bread. The prayer started with, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What he's doing is he's trying to help your mind to get to the point where you see how big God is. And when you understand how big God is, how powerful God is, everything else gets smaller to you. You get rid of that grasshopper mentality that they had in, when they was going into Canaan, and they said, look, man, all these days so big, they giants, that we look like grasshoppers to them. But you had Joshua and Caleb. Grasshoppers? Get on with that grasshopper mentality. Look, God said that this belonged to us. And what God has declared to be ours, it is ours. They just in the way. They don't know yet. But you don't get that, hear me, you, you get that mentality. You get that mentality in the prayer closet. There are people, hear what I'm telling you, there are people, there are people in Scripture who live their lives so connected with God, they were, they, I'm talking about they had such a strong, powerful prayer life that I believe that every time they woke up in the morning, the devil got like, oh my goodness, they didn't woke up again. 
Peter and Paul, you guys, and Lord have mercy. The devil started praying. They done woke up again. Folk going to be healed today. They tearing up my stuff. Why, why, what, what the devil say when you wake up? Is he laughing like, ooh, look, it's going to be, like, she self-checked. Don't worry about her. Look, I need to go to, she praying over there. Let's go to get on her. Don't worry about the rest of them folk over there. They, they not serious. They self-checked. I need you, I need, watch this, guys. Watch this. If you want to live fired up, hear me. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit every single day. And watch this. When you feel with the Spirit now, you have a different appreciation for the Word. Now you want to read. Now you want to pray. Watch this. Watch this. Now, 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 when you got your Spirit, when you got the Spirit of God with you, and you feel, the, and, and, and you feasting on the Word of God, and you praying, watch this. Well, look, look, see, 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 Mario, Mario had a mission. He was trying to save the girl. And Mario couldn't say the girl, Mario couldn't fulfill his mission without the elements, without the, without the things that the, that the creator put inside the game. Your life has a purpose. Your life has a mission, a God-given mission, a God-given purpose that is meant for you to accomplish, but you cannot accomplish it in your own strength. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the word of God. You need the power of prayer. And I experienced this for myself. Go to the next slide. I experienced this for myself. I told you, I told you before, my house burned down. I tell people all the time, man, it was the best thing that ever happened in my life. See, I, I, I've had some experiences with fire. Matter of fact, this is the second house that I lived in that burned down. First time I was a little kid, it was kind of my fault, but that's another story. But this time, this time right here was the one that changed everything. I remember like it was yesterday. I was asleep. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. My little brother came banging on the door. Boom, 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 boom. Taurus, wake up, wake up. The house on fire, wake up. I jumped up. I had on a wife beater. Why they call it a wife beater? I had on a T-shirt. Some shorts, some socks. Jumped up, ran outside. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Me and my brother, my dad, one of my other brothers, we all standing and watching the house go up in flames. Tears rolling down our eyes, wondering where in the world are we going to live. Now, here's the thing, guys. I'm glad. When I look back, I'm glad the house burned down for two reasons. The first reason I'm glad, go to the next slide. First reason I'm glad is because, see, this is me before I gave my life to Jesus. I started smoking weed when I was 12 years old. From 12 to 19, smoking and drinking and robbing people, breaking in folks' houses, getting suspended from school, just doing a whole lot of dumb stuff, things that I never imagined that I would do. I didn't have the privilege. I didn't have the privilege of growing up in the church. That's a privilege, young people. You growing up in the church, that's a privilege. That's a blessing. And too often we praise, you know, we, you know when I go to churches, man, or, or you know, uh, uh, and I understand why, but when I go to church and when I go to different places and whatnot, and I tell people what I've done, uh, you know, my life before Christ, and I showed pictures and so on and so forth, and people be like, high-five and praising God and celebrate. But I be like, man, can we get that same type of celebration 
to the kid who didn't, who, she's still a virgin and she's 25 years old. She waiting on God. You follow what I'm saying? Like, he, he ain't never smoked in his life. He, he, been, he been a goody two-shoe dude all his life. Like, you got, you got the apostle Paul, but you also got Daniel. But I thank God. I thank God for where he brought me from. I thank God for my story. I wouldn't change anything. Well, I would change some things if I had to do it all over. It was my choice. I would change some things. But nevertheless, nevertheless, I, I, I praise God because, because when my house burned down, uh, I was living this lifestyle, and God hooked it up, and, and, and he, he blessed me and my family to get a new place. And one of the things that I appreciated about that place is that it was different from our house. Let me go, go to the next slide real quick, right? So in my house, you know, this is the living room right here. It's the kitchen. And so we didn't, we didn't have, the water was off and on. We didn't have gas for like two years. The electricity was off for about nine months. And there were plenty of nights, plenty of nights or plenty of days, rather, where I would go to school before everybody else went to school so I can get a quick little shower inside the bathroom. The janitor used to open the door for us. She, I think she already knew what was going on, so she looked out for us. So I thank God that my house burned down because watch this, guys. When my house burned down, we was homeless, didn't have a place to live. And, and, and God being so good and God having a purpose and plan before eternity passed, right? God, God knowing what you need. So when my house burned down, my mom got a phone call from a good friend of hers that she knew from way back when. They went to high school together. They're still, in, still, still good friends, you know, one of her female friends or whatnot. She said, Trude, I heard you guys' house burned down. Listen, you guys can come and live with us. Watch this, guys. These people were seven-day Adventists. We moved in with this family, and man, it was different. Like, I was blown that a couple of things. Number one, man, they went to church on the wrong day. Like, y'all go to church on Saturday? Like, for real? We play football. We watch college football on Saturday. Right? So, 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 so being in this household, being in this, not, 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 not only that, but I mean, you had, you had, you know, uh, uh, uh. I wanted to make a ham sandwich, but, but they put a W in front of the ham, and I found out this thing called Wham. They chopped off the M from the milk, and they put an S right there, and this, this silk thing. I'm trying to get some cereal, and they got silk in the refrigerator. I'm trying to figure all that stuff out. But while I was in this house, God began to use these people to help me understand that he had a purpose and a plan for my life that was bigger than my little hood that I grew up in. So February 1st, 2001, Thursday morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, Perkinson, Mississippi, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, I dropped down on my knees and I cried out and I said, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, have your way. I got up off my knees a brand new person. Literally, a brand new person. From that, I felt this call of God on my life to go into full-time ministry. So I went to Oakwood University down in Huntsville, Alabama. Joined an organization called NAPS. I got a chance to travel around the world. Been to Ethiopia, Africa twice. Zambia, Africa about four times. India about two times. Spent six, six months over there. Sri Lanka, Mexico, traveled to over 22 states in the United States of America, preaching and teaching, visiting juvenile detention centers and jails, 
God blessed me to be able to write a book and be able to tell my story. Listen, guys, I'm standing here right now as a living witness that it doesn't matter where you came from, what you've been through, what your struggle is, what your, what your problem is, the fact that your daddy wasn't there, your mama wasn't there. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, when you say, when you make up in your mind, Lord, I want to trust you with all of my heart and lean not on my own understanding. Father, I give my life to you 100%. I can guarantee you that God will light you up. He blessed me. He blessed me. I'm wrapping up. He blessed me. He blessed me to go to Oakwood. I graduated. Listen, watch this, guys. I had a 1.9 GPA. I was accepted on academic probation. I graduated with a 3.5. I'm not saying because I was so smart. I'm saying that when you give your life to God, he make you smarter. While at Oakwood, I got a full scholarship, got a full scholarship, went to Andrews University, somebody paid for it. That's a whole nother story, man. That's a whole nother story. Lord have mercy, a whole nother story. Go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. Listen, guys, look, this, this is my family right here, right? Let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all something. See, 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 this is a testimony for me. I don't, you might not be a testimony for you. I don't know. I don't know. But, but I tell people all the time, that I said, I got one baby mama, and I'm married to her. See, that might not be no big deal for you, but my daddy has seven baby mamas. See, where I'm from, that's a whole nother sermon. I'll be here, we'll be here all day. I can talk all day, but I don't want to do that. That's a testimony to me. That's a God thing right there. God bless me. God bless me. I told you. Go to the next slide. God bless me to be able to put this stuff in the book. Hopefully you'll be able to get an opportunity to get the book. I have some amazing things happen as a result of this book. Oh, man, I wish I could testify, but I can't. Look, 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 real quick, real quick, real quick, guys. I'm just, I need to say this real quick. There are things that are inside of you that until those things come out, God can't bless you the way he wants to. There are gifts and abilities inside of you. There are products inside of you. There are inventions inside of you. There are ideas inside of you that would change the world. Until those things come out, God cannot bless you the way he wants to. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I'm just, I'm gonna get, I'm just gonna cut to this chase with it, right? It's a long story. Before that book was ever published, I shared it with one person. And that one person shared it with somebody else. Not to my, I didn't even know what he was doing. The person that he shared it with read the book, felt impressed by God to help me and my family. How so? I had $137,000 in student loans. My wife had $37,000 in student loans. They said, we're going to pay off all your student loans. Can I tell you something else? They asked, what other debt do you have? Well, we just thought, man, I just, we just bought a car. We owe, like, well, like, literally just bought it. We owe, like, 11 grand on it. What other debt do you have? I'm like, sure, we got some credit card debt. 
what, what other debt do you have? Shoot, my mama got some debt. Watch this, guys. Watch this. $188,000 paid in full. What am I saying? All I'm saying. See, see, when the Spirit of God dwells inside, and you get this, you get this, 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 this new type of energy, this new, this new drive, this new passion, this new enthusiasm about life, and it begins to spark and ignite things within you that you didn't even know you had. And so when I wrote the book, I wasn't looking for nobody to like pay off all my students. I wasn't going around. Sir, can you please pay off my student loan? But hear me, guys, hear me. When you're doing what God has called you to do, blessings will start chasing you. They, 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 they will, like, overtake you. They'll pursue you. When you're doing what God has called you to do. There's a last scripture I want to share, and we're done. It's the last scripture. Jesus said these words. He said, if you then... Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? My appeal to you this morning, really simple. If you know that your relationship with God has been on the warm spectrum or the cold spectrum. And you want God to move that thing to hot, to fire. If that's your desire, I simply ask you to stand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Somebody says, I, 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 I want to be on fire for God. I want, I want God to ignite something within me. And I know that I need to be very intentional about praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit every single day. If you want to commit right now by the grace of God to begin to pray every single day for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. We're going to pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare right now that the promise of the Holy Spirit is fulfilled in our lives right now. Father, we declare right now in the name of Jesus that by your grace, O oh God, we will pray for a fresh anointing of the Spirit of God every single day, Lord. Father, that's not even a commitment that we can make by ourselves, but you said in your word, oh God, that you would pour out your spirit within us and cause us, oh God, to keep your laws and to walk in your way, oh Lord. And Father, you command us in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a suggestion, oh God, it's a command. So Lord, we pray right now, Father, for a fresh anointing, Lord God, a fresh outpouring, Lord God, of the Holy Spirit, of every person under the sound of my voice. Ignite us, O oh God. Set us on fire, O oh God. And Lord, I pray that all of our gifts and all of our talents and all of our abilities 
will be put to use, Lord Jesus, to be a blessing to those we come in contact with. A blessing to the church, a blessing to the world. Father, we pray last but not least, when it's all said and done, we pray that you will save us when you come. For we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody who believed said amen and amen. Will you put your hands together for God and for his word? God bless you.